Welcome to Ask the Music Director, a podcast where I get to interview some of my favorite singers, actors, and music makers about what makes them who they are, and they get to ask me, the music director, anything they want. I'm your host, Dennis Curley. Today I'll be talking with Sally Ann Wright, a true Twin Cities theater veteran and one of my very favorite people. Sally's resume is varied and eclectic, boasting plays like Agnes of God, Dixie Swim Club, Richard III, and Twilight of the Golds, as well as iconic musical roles like Mama Rose in Gypsy at Artistry and Mrs. Potts in Beauty and the Beast at Ordway Center for the Performing Arts. She has twice been named Best Actress by Lavender Magazine. We spoke at her home in White Bear Lake. Sally Ann Wright, thank you so much for having me up to your house. You're welcome. It's beautiful. Although I have to say, uh, it's the winter that wouldn't die. (laughs) It's never going to be summer again. As we sit here, everything is just covered with snow, and I want to see the backyard, and I can't see the backyard. It's really pretty. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, here we are in White Bear Lake. You guys moved up here how long ago? Oh, it's going to be two years in August. Okay. And so this will be your second summer. Yes. Is, Is it wonderful up here? You know, it's very different um, because we lived in Northeast Minneapolis for years. So when we came out here, the whole suburban side of things is very different. Um, Neighbors in in Northeast talk to each other. They come over in the yard. We traded plants. Out here, they walk their dogs by the front yard and they say, well, now that's an interesting choice. No. (laughs) It's very (laughs) passive. I was going to say, everyone's got these giant yards with fences between them. So I just assume they don't talk at all. Well, that's not true because our neighbors next door we adore. Okay. Uh, the two neighbors on the other side have a combined age of about two hundred, <laughs> but um, and they're dear, but they they can be challenging. Ellie came over last year and sprayed part of my yard yellow with her homemade Roundup. Oh. And I said, no, you you can't do that, Ellie. Don't do don't don't do that. Don't do that here. And why did you decide to leave Northeast Minneapolis? Well, we'd been in the house a long time. I said, there's really nothing else to do here except for, you know, repair the furnace when it breaks. And and the market was really hot. Yeah. And we found this house uh, on a river. And okay. Fred went a little berserk. And then we just proceeded to keep looking at, at houses on water. Okay. And because we're poor actors, we got a creek. <laughs> we can get a river. Which, we got a creek. I can see that it's back there. I can't see the creek, but oh, I know it's, it's really back there. pretty. Oh, yeah. nice, yeah. nice. Um, I want to talk, if you don't mind. I want to start with where yeah. we met. Do you mind if I talk about when we met? Sure. It was a long time ago. It was uh, <clears throat> twenty-five years ago. It was twenty twenty-something years ago. <laughs> Uh, but you were doing, we were working for the same company. Yes, we were. Uh, hey City Stage. And uh-huh. you were doing a show called Beehive and I was doing a show called Forever Plaid. Yes. Um, and ours was running, I think Forever Plaid ran for five years. I did two of those five years. And about a year, I want to say uh, that you guys opened in 93. Is that correct? It could be. You know, when you get to be my age, you don't really <laughs> you record don't keep, the years anymore. You don't anymore. keep track anymore. Um, it was a long time. I think it was then because I started in 92 and I I feel like I was in the summer of 92 and I feel like I was sort of settled in by the time you guys were ready to open. Um, and I fell in love with that show. I, I don't know if you know this, but I came to every time you were doing a show that I was not doing a show over at Seven Corners and you guys were over in Dinkytown, yeah. I was at every performance. I was really captivated by that show. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Because here for, for the people who don't know the show, it's 
basically six people. It's an ensemble piece, three uh, white singers and three African-American women and doing all of the top girl group and female solo hits from what, the 50s and 60s? Is that about the... It's, it is the 60s. It starts okay. with the girl groups at the, at the beginning of the 60s and ends with what happened to female vocalists throughout the 60s. It really, really is pretty much centered completely on the 60s. Okay. And and you and I had something in common. We were both swings. Yes. Um, and again, for people who don't know, it's not quite an understudy. You're, you go in regularly and yep. you cover multiple parts. Yep. So, for example, at Forever Plaid, we did 10 shows a week. How many shows did you guys do, Max? I think we did eight, eight? eight okay. or nine. I can't remember. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Sandy was, I mean, the shows were going gangbusters yeah, at the time. Yeah, they were. Uh, and so out of those, you know, the 10 Forever Plaid shows, the, the prin- two principals that I was covering would do seven shows each, which meant I would do three for each of them. So I was doing six a week plus a couple for the stage manager. So mm-hmm. we were sort of regularly cycling into this show. Yeah. And you covered the three uh, the three white ladies. Yep. And um, what, well, what was that swinging experience like for you? Did you, did you like that or had you done it before? I I had done some understudying. I've been thrown into shows fast, mm-hmm. um, I, but I had not done a swing job before. It was interesting. Um, they were they were so focused on their six women initially. The producers, the, yeah. the people who created yes. this production. Yeah. Okay, and so it really centered on those six. So it was it was very interesting to try to work your way into that and and find a spot. Uh, and you and Jermaine Brooks was the other swing, is yes. that right? I remember Jermaine. <laughs> oh man, that girl's got some pipes. Well, you both do because yeah. if it's not obvious from us talking about it, you have to do everything that yeah. everybody else does as well as they do, if not better. You yeah. have you just people sometimes think, oh, you're just an understudy, oh, you're just a swing. No, I would argue that the swings have to be as good, if not better, than all of the people they're covering. Otherwise. The audience wouldn't stand for it. Well, and each of the three women, the way Sandy rebuilt the show, because the show is not originally built the way that we did it. Okay. Uh, in the original Beehive, it is not as uh, structured black and white. There's some oh, feed over. Okay. And for some reason, uh, the team at, at Hay City decided to split the two completely apart, except when we had a few shows where... We didn't have enough girls, but um, so yeah, yeah. But it, it was it, it was interesting. It was an inter- it was a, a wild experience. Did you grow up here in Minnesota? Are you no. in Minnesota? Where did you Where are you from? I grew up in Topeka, Kansas. Topeka, Kansas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, when you were uh, growing up there, were you from a musical family? Oh no, no. I grew up in a very fundamentalist Christian family. Okay. So there was no fun. No dancing, no singing, no there was, playing. Yeah, no, yeah. Okay. there was no fun at that house. So how did you become an actor then? How did you, uh, what, what about your upbringing led you to realize that you wanted to, to perform? Well, I'm adopted and I think that, that my personality was just too much for them. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I, I think anyone who's, who's been in the arts has this fire inside and it doesn't mean you're good it just means you got a fire inside and you have to do it and you have to do it yeah yeah okay and so i I made their lives hell (laughs) um starting at what age when did this start to come out um i think the first time i ever actually did a theater piece was in the church they did some kind of i don't know jesus thing like the passion or whatever yeah sure and i thought oh my 
this is mine. This is mine. I owned it. And then as I got a little older and started to sing, they would use me to get them down the aisle at the end of the service. uh, Explain what you mean, get them down the aisle. In a fundamentalist Baptist church, at the end of every service, Mm -hmm. they call people down to either get saved or make sure that they're saved, saved. Still saved. It's a a big deal. Okay. So, so meaning you would sing some sort of roof raising. Uh, I surrender all, all to thee I give. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Come, A call get to them action. Down, get them yeah. down the aisle. Okay. Yeah. And that was pretty much my job at okay. the church. And then I started uh, singing with a band and singing in clubs a little bit later. And there was a big kerfuffle at the church. I started singing bands when I was about 14. Wow. How yeah. did that come about? My brother was a pusher. He he didn't have a whole lot of talent, but um, he had the desire. Okay. Like I said, yeah. flame doesn't mean you have to be great. <laughs> um, and For he, him, it was a desire to do what? To sing. Okay. To play guitar and okay. sing. He loved it. Did you? Did, uh, where did you go to college after that? What did you do after that? I and tried you... one year at KU, and I was doing summer stock, and they had all their show auditions at the very beginning of the school year. Hmm. So I went to their general audition. I got called back for everything, um, but I had to go back down and do shows that weekend, so I couldn't do the callbacks. Oh, so you were doing summer stock somewhere else already. And um, I just, I biffed it. It was a bad, bad experience. So I came home, and I I had, Charlie given me a checkbook, and I didn't know what to do with it. And so I came home, and I said, I'm going to take a job. Don't help me. (laughs) Even if I cry. <laughs> so I did. I worked for this lawyer who was crazy and 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 did that. And I'd, I'd met my, I had a, a my first husband. Um, I'd met him in, in Summerstock. And, uh, Which one? Which Summerstock? It, it's called Vassar Playhouse. It's okay. down in Kansas. They okay. had a, literally a barn. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did okay. seven years of Summerstock. Wow. Which, okay. I think it's why I never had trouble memorizing because you you don't have time. Yeah, it's show show yeah. after show Boom. after show. How yeah. many how many in a typical summer season? Four, five, six. And so the second the first one is open, you are in the rehearsal hall yeah. during the day, rehearsing the next one, and doing the other show at night. Yeah, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah, that's a, I've never done. I mean, I've done summer stock productions, but I've never done a season, so yeah. I have no idea what that's like. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. I bet. Yeah. I bet it's a good when time. When you're young. When you're young. And exactly. you don't need sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So somewhere between point A and point B, you moved to the Twin Cities. Is that a... Uh, um, how long after college did you come up here? Well, like I said, first marriage didn't last. Um, I think we made it two and a half years, maybe. Um, my first husband was gay. Oh, uh, okay. And Again, I terribly afraid to... to sure. To own that mm-hmm. because of the times, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. we're, we were in Kansas. He was yeah. from California, but that doesn't help. And um, so when we split up, uh, I decided, oh, I'm going to go to New York. So okay. I went to New York for about six months. Mm-hmm. I had no equity card, no nothing, mm-hmm. just showed up and went to auditions. And I was kind of at sea there, too. I spent a lot of time at sea for a few years hmm. there. And uh, I had enough money to either get all my stuff to New York or somewhere else, furniture, whatnot, you know. Yeah. 
And my parents had come up here to the Twin Cities, and I had visited once. They had in, moved. They yeah. Had left Kansas. Yeah. Moved to, okay. Daddy took the office up here. Okay. Oh, so that yeah. was a work-related move. Sure. Okay. And I visited once, and it was about now April, but pretty April, mm-hmm. not, not snow not April. Not snowy April. <laughs> and I thought, oh, this is just like Ireland. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I, I thought, okay, I'm going to go there hmm. because I knew they had a tremendous arts community here. Yeah. And I thought, I'd rather go where I don't have to give up working to do theater. I can do both. So you found New York to be a struggle in that way? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I was offered a couple of little things, but the pay was terrible. Again, mm-hmm. I was non-union. Sure. Even then, the union was strong. And um, and I was working under the table. I worked at Pat's Place. I, I waitressed there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I thought, oh, okay. It's time to time to adjust. So came here. Um, and what year was that? Nineteen eighty. Okay. I think. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Seventy nine, eighty, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. See, it all goes away. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my first audition was at Park Square. Okay. And they were doing um, Noel Coward's uh, Private Lives. Okay, and back then, Park Square was it still where it is now? Was oh, it? Oh no, no. Okay, so it was, because it was in the Park Square building, which okay. is kind of in Lower Town, maybe Lower Town, yeah. St. Paul. Yeah. Okay, because I think as, if if I'm remembering, they're sort of on the same sort of trajectory that uh, Bloomington Civic, like started as a community theater, got bigger, got more money, became mm-hmm. more of a professional house, and so where yep. whereabouts in their life were they at that time? Um, they were, it was still pretty early. I don't, rem- if they paid, it wasn't much. Okay. I don't remember. Okay. Um, but it was your first audition. Yeah. Okay. And I, I went in and I did the audition and Stephen and Richard were both there. The guys who run it for all mm-hmm. these years. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Stephen said, are you classically trained? I said, yes. In the school of thousand Island dressing and prime rib. <laughs> Because all I'd done was dinner theater and sure, summer stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, at that point. <laughs> but I got it anyway. And, oh, good. Yeah, so they reacted well to that answer. Well, yeah. What are you going to do? Right. I think you've always had that. You've always had that ability to charm people. So uh, oh, I'm I don't sure know I think that. it comes naturally to you. Um, so then, so six months in, you start working as an yeah. actor and then have more or less just been working yeah. all the time. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I met I met Fred shortly after that, within the year, and um, we met in July and got married in November. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow, you guys yeah. have been married for so that's thirty six years. Thirty six year. years. Yeah. Wow. And everyone, everyone said that will never last. No. So this is all just proven people wrong. <laughs> that's the yeah. whole point of it. Yeah. That's great. That's so. great. Did you ever consider anywhere other than like, did you think, okay, New York's not working out. I'm going to try LA or Chicago. Or did you, you just, you, you said you were shell shocked. I guess I'm oh, trying to figure out what that, what that means. Well, and... it, I was worn out by the process mm. of New York, mm-hmm. the, the speed and the, and the tempo and the size yeah. and I'm not a big enough fish. Mm. And I don't think I was a big enough talent for New York, hmm. nor did I have the tenacity. I don't. I've, I almost think that's more important. W- yeah. Frankly. Yeah. Well, I think it's a, you have to have a combination of all of them. I'm mm-hmm. not a. Tri- I never was a triple threat. You mm-hmm. know, I. 
I was never a Shakespearean actor. No one was going to give me Long Day's Journey into Night, okay. I, especially at that point. Mm-hmm. I had done summer stock mm-hmm. in dinner theater. Yeah. And I haven't done a whole lot more than that now, but mm. I've had an awful lot of fun doing it. You've got some Shakespeare on here, which, uh, by the way, <laughs> jumped out at me. Um, yeah. what, what jumps out at me, actually, is that there are as many, if not more, non-musical roles on your resume as musical roles. And just speaking as a huge fan, because I loved it when you were in the show, by the way, I would sit in the back. And when you were going to be in, I was Uh happy because you're so amazing. I love how you sing. I love how you perform. Um, And it surprises me, I guess it shouldn't, but to see that you do so many um, and sizable, you know, Dramatic roles, Twilight yeah. of the Golds, Dixie Swim Club. Oh, I love that. You know, th- these shows are fantastic. Love, Loss, and What I Wore. Um, what, um, how do you, you say you don't consider yourself a singer. You consider yourself an actor first. I just consider myself a woman who enjoys doing both. My sense of competitive sports has faded over the years. <laughs> um, I remember when I was young, I was competitive. I like it better without it because I can appreciate what other people do more. And I, I don't, I don't know if that's typical. I hope it's not, but I think it's. What do you mean you hope it's not? For young actors. I I hope they learn sooner than I did how much joy and how much you learn by simply getting a sense of inclusion and trusting other performers or other people. Mm-hmm. who may have a set of skills that are very similar to yours. Mm-hmm. I have two really good friends. They're both, well, no, she'd kill me if I said that. <laughs> Karen Weiss-Thompson, yeah. Linda Sue Anderson. Yeah, We're all about the same height, mm-hmm. probably within 10 pounds of each other, I'd say. Um, very different mm-hmm. approach to theater. But all these years you were often up for the same role. Sure. Yeah. And when either of them are cast... I think, wow, I get to see that. Or, I, you know, she's going to come at that so mm-hmm, differently mm-hmm. than I did. I do think every, I'm sorry to yeah. disappoint you, but I think everybody's like that in their 20s. I think that's just the nature of the <sighs> I beast. Suppose. I because suppose. we all come from somewhere where we are probably the biggest fish in our own little pond, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I have, a, a, I had this, what I guess is a, a lucky experience in that when I was, um, when I was very young, I was sort of this this boy wonder, right? I was, um, I was called up in the sixth grade. We had our middle school was seven, eight, and then high school was nine through 12. And our, our middle school had two of the best director, music director in town and their mm-hmm. musicals were top notch. When I was in the sixth grade, I got called up to play the lead in this, in the middle school musical because some kid got laryngitis and there oh. I was, right. And, yeah. and my sister was in it and she was like, oh, my brother can do this. And so, <laughs> So I was this big star and I did community theater and, you know, playing Mm -hmm. big roles and getting reviews in the paper, got into high school and got nothing. I mean, I was, and I walked into high school thinking, oh, I'm- This is mine. This is mine. I'm the shit. And no, I was in chorus in everything. And it- Why do you suppose? I think ultimately because of my size and the fact that my voice didn't change. Like my voice didn't change till after sophomore year. Really? Very late. And I did not start to grow until junior year. So I just could never have been believed, right? Against everybody else that I was a lead. Did you ever, did you ever go for character work? Um, I wasn't smart enough to think that way. (gasps) I got to play some interesting roles 
Um, but I didn't, I was the whole time I resented it because, because I had been mm-hmm. one thing. I had thought of myself one way. Everyone had talked about me one way. And then all of a sudden I was nothing. But what I got out of that is that I think what you're talking about learning, I was forced to learn that early. It was humbling. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if I had that, that confidence when I was that age in school. Interesting. I was good at looking like I did, okay, but I didn't really. And I think okay. that comes again from, from living in the house that I lived in because okay. I was just, I was just a sinful Christian at home. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I, I also, when I moved to, to the second high school, had the good fortune to make a very good friend who was incredible. And, and I think that may have been where it started to blossom. Hmm. This feeling of she's not going to hurt you. Because the first day I walked into the choir room, I was by myself and this beautiful blonde with this wavy blonde hair. Mm -hmm. And she does wake up with it like that. (laughs) Walked up to to, to me and sat down and she said, my name is Sean Murphy. Everyone thinks we're going to hate each other, but we're going to be best friends. That's amazing. And we were. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's like a movie scene. Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah, especially with Sean in it. She's beautiful. Oh. She's she's still in New York. She sells real estate and probably, you know, could buy both of us on a Thursday. <laughs> but, That's uh, amazing. Yeah. Um, so what do you, um, so you've been working in this theater scene for a few years. Yeah, a couple. A couple. What do you think about it? What are your top level takeaways? What do you think about the scene? Because you said when you moved here, you knew that there was an art scene. Yeah. You were aware of it. Um, what do you think of it having participated in all these well, years? Well, it's, it's changed over the course of the last 30 years, so? you know. Um, well, it's gotten bigger. It's gotten more diverse, which mm-hmm. is amazing. That is, yes. Yeah. Yes. I think what we have here is really, it's significantly, importantly different than a lot of similarly sized cities. Although my daughter is finding a lot of this in Chicago right now. But I think we have an incredible source for not just gay theater, Mm -hmm. but inclusive theater Mm -hmm. that talks about um, everything, where where people can go and learn, Hmm. where people can go and understand. And I'm the way they're programming now at some of the bigger theaters where they are inclusive of different stories. I mean, everything the government is doing wrong right now, Mm -hmm. we're walking behind and patching up. We meaning? Artists. Yeah. Yeah. We're walking behind this elephant taking a dump on our country and saying, no, no, Mm -hmm. really, I think this works. I think we work this way. I think these people are part of our family. I think these people are are neighbors. Yeah. They're not terrorists. I that when you started to talk about this, that was the first thing that came to my mind was we're lucky in a town like this that we have theaters like Mixed Blood that when there was a uh, a huge reaction in this country, an anti-Muslim sentiment that really just sort of swelled. We already had Muslim artists yeah. working in this community, and they were able to put work out that that I think made a difference. Yeah, well, Sons of the Prophet, which I did over at Park Square for yeah. Jeff Hallflavin, who is my favorite director is of he? all times ever. Okay, Sons of the Prophet mm-hmm. not only was was a show about. Americans from a different culture, mm-hmm. 
but it was also dealing with gay Americans from a different culture. So it it really, it, it was a beautiful, lyrical, and funny mm-hmm. piece. Um, that show got a lot of press at the yeah, time. Yeah, um, And great reviews. And, uh, and it was my favorite kind of show to do because I got to play like three or four different people. Nice. And again, as you get older, you know, remember when you're in school and you count lines? Mm-hmm. Who has the most lines? <laughs> I have 48 lines. Wow. <laughs> now, it's like... I got two scenes. Sweet. I'm only going to get called on Tuesday and Saturday. Yeah. So this this scene we have, um, it's changed over the last 30 years. It's become more inclusive. It's become more diverse. Certainly, we've seen a huge influx of new artistic directors. Mm-hmm. A lot of folks who are at the helm of, of, oh, the Playwright Center and the Guthrie and Jungle. Are they, these people are changing now. Yeah. Um, do you attend a lot of theater? Do you notice no, these changes? No, we don't. Okay. We're bad theater goers. I am we too. Are. I thought it was just me. I'm No. You know, it really started when we were working. The last thing you wanted to do on your night off was yeah. go to the theater. Yeah, you're right. Especially if you have kids. Yeah, you know? you're right. Well, you mentioned Karen Weiss Thompson, and you mentioned... Uh, Linda Sue Anderson. Linda Sue Anderson. Yeah. Uh, who Who is in town? I don't want to put you too much on the spot, but who in town do you have a lot of respect for? Meaning... Um, if you find out they're in something, you're gonna you're gonna make an effort to go see it because you you're expecting you you might be expecting something out of the ordinary. Well, Bradley Greenwald, mm-hmm. I think he's I think he's amazing, but I also know he's sweet. Yeah, he's very yeah. he's a very sweet um, guy, which which is terrific. Yeah, Stacia, Stacia Rice, Stacia Rice. Yeah, yeah. Um, the two women I mentioned, mm-hmm. amazing, mm-hmm. amazing in very different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephen Yoakum, there's another mm-hmm. actor who, mm-hmm. yeah, I drive through a blizzard wow. for, if he were doing certain things, you know, he's just, he's amazing. Mm-hmm. He did the birds at the, at, um, at the Guthrie and we walked up like 70 flights of stairs to see it because <laughs> the elevator wasn't working. But, um, yeah. Are there things that stand out for you as a performer, peak moments, favorite, favorite roles, favorite shows? Moments when you're standing there on stage thinking, I can't believe I get to do this. The the show that a long time ago, Fred and I were doing when we got married, uh, uh, Jacques Brel. Oh, I love that show. Yeah. Who did that? TRP. Oh. When we met. It was fantastic. 1980, I think. Um, and I did Sons Of. And then Fred did Amsterdam. Hmm. And we would come off and count... 1,001, 1,002, 1,003, to see how long it took the applause to start. (laughs) And whoever got the highest had to buy the drinks that night. (laughs) Um, So that one, years ago. I don't think I did a great job as as, uh, Mama Rose. Uh, Why do you say that? That's not what I heard. I did not see it, and I apologize. Like we talked about, I yeah. don't, I don't get out all the time. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm never offended by that because mm-hmm. if you get offended, it means you have to go to everything. <laughs> um, she's a behemoth, but yes. the feeling in that last number, standing out there with rose spelled in lights. Yeah. And singing that last number, yeah. I had sung at the ending of Act One. I, I was always like, "Oh, help me, Jesus, get through this," huh. because it was. I mean, it's a it's a beast. Mm-hmm. But that last number is an acting exercise mm-hmm. because she literally falls apart. Yeah, 
and comes back as she always did. Yeah. And so that one, that one, I, God, I love that. And to stand there like that, I thought, God, now I know how, now I know how Beyonce feels. (laughs) It's like, whoa. Um, Was that well-received? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was. Does that make a difference to you? Um, Or is it always uh, internal? You know, it, you. no, it's a great feeling to mm-hmm. stand out there and, and hear things. It's a, But it's not just that. Love, loss, and what I wore. Mm-hmm. I loved doing that play. Mm-hmm. Not just me, but to hear how each of those women each night received different response because the stories are just yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Um, and waiting with anticipation for your favorites, mm. you know, Bonnie... Bonnie Allen had one um, about a breast cancer survivor that I loved mm-hmm. every single night. Mm-hmm. And I had a line hmm. that I loved every single night. You you said to me when I called you the other day um, that you feel like you're out of it, which I think yeah. I've heard you say before. I don't. I don't know that that's, you're certainly not out of it forever, but what, what is, what do you feel about where you're at right now with your career? Well, I'm, I'm old, honey. I'm, I'm six, I'm 62 (laughs) years old. You're 62 Um, years young. I just did a show with you a year and a half ago. You were amazing. (laughs) You know, I just, um, it's, it's a different thing when you get to be this age, um, and you're still working a full-time job. Yeah. Because we've been actors our whole lives, we mm-hmm. can never retire. Yes, I feel know? the same way. I will never yeah. retire. My dad said, what are you going to do for retirement? And we said, the gin game on Golden Pond. <laughs> um, yeah. But it, it takes so much energy to do a show. And right now, being out here, I have to be really particular about how much energy I can give. Mm-hmm. Um, Is this something you thought about when you chose this house? I think it started before we chose this house. Okay. Being particular. Okay. Do you want to do theater you don't like just to get good health care? Or would you rather get crappy health care? I see. And do theater that you love? Sure. Or you at least care about? Yeah. Or you're excited about? So did you leave the union at that point? Yeah, you bet I did. I also did. Yeah. Six years ago, five, six years ago. I can't remember now, but yeah. And yeah. It, that is a transition because I, but I did find that I was holding on to my equity card in hopes that I'd get a gig and get insurance. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, that's not a way to live. No. You mentioned Jeff Hall Flavin. Yeah. Is he your favorite director? Yeah. Okay. And are you an actor who likes to be directed or do you come with a lot? I like to be directed. Okay. Yeah. Do you I try do. to come with nothing or do you what do you come to a role with oh no uh i can't i matt seipel used mm-hmm. to used to say you and you and karen say you you have no opinion you're you're blank slate and then i ask you to do something <laughs> and you say my character would never do that um, I said, busted yeah <laughs> but uh no i i i, I if it's something I care about, especially, mm-hmm. I mean, if I come in excited about the show, um, uh, I, I, I have I have opinions. My opinions are not set in stone because I learned early on I can't see myself. That's ah, why there right. are directors. Right. Uh, Craig Johnson. I love working with mm-hmm. Craig, mm-hmm. too. He's another one. Yeah. Love working for Craig because he always brings something that surprises you mm-hmm. and you think, oh, wow, mm-hmm. 
And I think actors that don't uh, really want to be directed lose opportunity. I, I don't know how to ask this exactly, but I'll say this about myself. I, am, I do not consider myself an actor. I will, I, if you put me in front of a microphone and I am singing a song, I will feel it and I will make the audience mm-hmm. feel it. I'm very good at that. But if I'm in a play... The only way I can show up at rehearsal with any confidence is if I rent two DVDs of two different people doing the show and see what they did to understand it. I do not read a script and understand my character. So as as then that puts me as a bit of an outsider asking you, you say my character wouldn't do that. Where do you get that, the understanding of the character? Well, first of all, I don't believe I ever really said that out loud. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's it's a process. You 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 literally drop into them. You drop into their their world. From reading the play over and over, or does it start when you start saying the lines out loud? It starts in rehearsal when okay. you're on your feet okay. with the script still in your hand, yeah. and you start to know who this person is. And you it, it comes from the reactions and the interactions with the other characters. Okay. And it's always ensemble. It's never I feel this way about my character. It's, it's because my character is in this situation with these other people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's always ensemble. Now you don't always get a- actors who are ensemble uh-huh. to work with. Uh-huh. But um I I think the ones who you want to work with over and over and over and over are the ones who have those open hearts that say let's let's play. Mm-hmm. Let's see what happens mm-hmm. here. Was Sons of the Prophet like that for you? You know, for one of the characters, yes. Okay. Most of them were were silly. Okay. They were just silly moments. Okay. And I did silly things with them. Okay. But there was one at the end of the play that, yes. But it's because of Sasha, too. Yeah. You know, it, it was the two of us. It mm-hmm. wasn't me. It was the, the two characters and their interactions that made it terrific, hmm. you know? Yeah. You surprise you surprise yourself that way, mm-hmm. and that's what makes it interesting. Yeah. So, acting one hundred and one with Sally Ann. Right? We should be. Are we charging? Doing for a this? class down in a basement <laughs> in the room with the exercise equipment. Well, what would it take to get you to say, "I am jumping in this car and I am going to go do this show"? Is there a role? that you are burning to play or is there a director that you are burning to work with? I would jump in the car for Jeff Hall-Flavin at the drop of a hat and have. Mm -hmm. One of the first things I did for him, I think I had six lines. (laughs) He said, this is beneath you. I said, nothing you do is beneath me. Nice. We took it out to Provincetown to the the festival. Fantastic. Do you, do you sing a lot in your daily life anymore? I don't sing at all. Okay. Um, or rarely. No, no church gig. No, no, nothing. No, we are. We are both Fred and I are pure agnostic. Um, do you miss singing? Because I, again, you know, you can't. Like you said, you can't see yourself. So you would not probably accept this. But you're one of the most dynamic singers I've ever watched. Oh, gee sing. whiz! Thank I'm not you. kidding. Um, so. To hear that you're not singing, I get it because I go I go through periods when I don't sing at all either. Because for me, honestly, it's it's a job. Mm-hmm. It's what I do uh, 
for work. And so I, I don't sit around and sing. And if I'm not getting paid to sing, I can go six, eight, nine months without singing a note. But do you, do you miss it? Is that something that uh, it's been a part of your life forever? No. Hmm. I mean, if, if we get a, if we get crazy to sing something, we go do karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Where? Oh, there's a couple places around that we like. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, Fred works with old people. He works in nursing homes and I, I would go sing karaoke there, although his song list is pretty crappy. Um, <laughs> you hear that Fred? <laughs> yeah, he's back there somewhere. I don't know. The last, the last musical I did was Gypsy and, and it's something I'd wanted to do since I was six, seven mm-hmm. years old. And it, it, it was a great opportunity well, talking about singing, would you sing for us? Sure. I would love it if you would. Sure. What do you want to sing? Um, I want to sing a song that I did gods years ago in Topeka at the Windjammer. I close my show every night with it. Okay. And it is? It's uh, Sometimes by the Carpenters. Oh, love it. Okay. Everybody, this is Sally Ann Wright singing Sometimes. upon the good things And those thoughts always center around those we love And I think about those people who mean so much to me And for so amazing. I love that song. I didn't know that song. Um, it's a Henry Mancini tune, mm-hmm. just gorgeous. Yeah. You closed the show with that. I can see why. It's amazing. Um, and you sound amazing Thank as always. You. Um, we call this podcast, Ask the Music Director, because uh, it's a turnaround at this point. You get to ask me whatever you want. And it can be about me, my career, my time here in the Twin Cities, or it can be a question that you've always wanted to ask a music director in any show, but have been too afraid to ask or not wanted to ask, although I can't imagine you being too afraid to ask anyone anything. <laughs> but I'm going to turn it over to you now, and this is your chance to ask me whatever you want. Well, okay. If you had two young women come in okay. for a specific role, okay. let's see, what should we say? So you're doing Les Mis. Okay. You have two little girls come in yep. who have good voices. Mm-hmm. One has an incredible voice. Mm-hmm. 
but no presence, no mm-hmm. sense of herself at all. Yeah. The other little girl, yeah. she can hit those notes, but they're never going to be perfect. Yeah. But man, that girl shines. Yeah. Which one would you use? I would always choose the actor. I would always choose the person who looks like they know what they're doing. Uh, and I love Linda Ronstadt. I will flat out say I love Linda Ronstadt. I think it's uh, it's very sad for us that she can't sing anymore. Um, yeah. But when I look back at her, when she did the, um, the Lush Life series of yeah. albums with the Nelson Riddle Orchestra, and there were videos released, and I watched them, and I thought, there is nothing behind those eyes. Mm-mm. Nothing. There is no understanding of, of the storytelling. And I can't take that. I won't, mm-hmm. I won't accept that under any circumstances. So I would, in that case, do the counterintuitive thing. As mm-hmm. the music director, I'd put my foot down. And I'd say, no, we can't have that. I don't have care you, how gorgeous it is. Have you been in that position? Have you had to fight that battle? Not that particular battle. Honestly, the, the battle that I usually end up fighting with directors is the opposite, where the director is dead set on this one person for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And I will fight to the death because that person is tone deaf and they will never <laughs> be able to sing it in tune. And, you know, it's never the case that that's my only choice. The, the, the situation you set up was, was a great situation, but it's never that. It's never like, here's a great singer who can't act. Here's a great actor who can't sing. Yeah. It's usually somewhere in the middle. Yeah. But I will... Uh, no, I've never had that particular fight, but I'm I'm confident that I would I would fight for the performance, especially the older I get. Yeah. The less interested I am in um that pure beautiful voice if it's not backed up by a presence, mm-hmm. a spark. That's got to be there. Well, thank you, Sally Ann Wright. This has been such a pleasure for me. me I never get too. to see you. It's been forever. That's because we live in the pipes. Oh, I know. I need to come up here more often. <laughs> and thank you for having me to your beautiful home. You're welcome. And uh, I hope I get to see you soon. And I hope we all get to see you on stage soon. That's funny. Today, you heard Sally sing Sometimes by Henry and Felice Mancini. All our podcast music is licensed through Harry Fox Agency. Tune in next week when my guest will be Tyler Michaels. Had you thought about dance at that point at all? No. Other than no. maybe in... In fact, one of my favorite stories is in high school we were doing Footloose and I, I was playing the, the best friend role. I can't remember his name right now. But um, there's like a big dance scene at the gym or whatever. And the choreographer, we were like working on it for like hours and hours it seemed that day. And she was like, everybody stop. Everybody stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> Just look at Tyler, Okay. He, he can't dance, but he's having fun while he does it. And I feel like that, that's sort of where I was like going into college. Like I was just like really physically engaged and just like super excited to be there. So I think like a lot of my enthusiasm just sort of like led me into my training. That's awesome. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the iTunes Store, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you get a chance, leave us a review. It'll help others find their way to us. Thank you.